Father, we ask, Lord, that we go, as we go into your word, that you speak through me, anoint the slips of clay. And I ask my Father, that let everyone go back with at least a word. Let everyone have an encounter with you this morning. And I pray that your name alone will be glorified. For in Jesus' name. Let's turn our Bibles, please, or the or Bible apps to the Second Timothy chapter 3 and the very first five verses. And if I'm to give it a title, I will say SCC Arise. And you know when you say SCC, it's you and I that we're called to arise. This is a season of, I mean, of next level. So I will say that for every one of us here today or online, SCC Arise. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verses 1 to 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Verse 4 says, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. May the Lord bless his reading. Let's be settled. This was Apostle Paul that was warning us about perilous times, times of great danger in the last days. And you and I know many things are happening around. And in some translations, instead of saying perilous times, it says times of difficulty. And I'm sure we can relate to that. Dangerous times, times of great stress and trouble. And you know there's a lot of stress going out, going on over there. Times of many troubles. And in that scripture, Brother Paul gave us examples of things that will happen at that time. And unfortunately, we all know that it's happening now. He says that people will be selfish, that they will love themselves, which means that we have changed God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit to me, myself, and I. That's what the selfish love is about. And we say we love God, but we don't even show the love that we have for God amongst those who are around us. How can you say you love my husband, but you can't stand the kids and I? That's no love. When was the last time, that you, when you say you love people, when was the last time you thought, I'll do something for this person without expecting anything in return? It's called quid pro quo. This for that. That's the order of the day nowadays. That's selfish love. But Paul says, when it comes to money, there's a lot of compromise going out there. In the book by Machiavelli, um, The Prince, he says, and I quote, if a goal is morally important enough, any method of achieving it is acceptable. Do you guys agree with that? That every, any method of achieving a goal is acceptable all because that goal is morally acceptable. You know it is not. Nowadays, people kill to make money. People steal to make money. People will do, tell all kinds of lies just to be promoted. It's also happening in church. Apostle Paul was talking to 
you and I. He wasn't talking to those who are outside. And again, in the society, according to um, Apostle Paul, people are successful or they are rich and they call them successful because they are rich. We care less about the source of the money or even the character of the people. And those are the people that we are using as our role models. We forget that all that glitters is not gold. Yes, again, according to Brad Paul, many people claim to have what you don't have. A lot of pretenses going on there, thinking, after all, it's Sister Mercy and much better than her. Paul called that boasters. Not out there again in the church. Matthew 6 1 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. But we are busy boasting of all the things that you and I think we can do. How about talking down on others? He calls it being proud. And we forget that our pride should be in accomplishing what God has called you and I to do. But rather, we are boasting, we are picked, I mean, being proud of other things. Proverbs 29 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Apostle Paul also spoke about the blessed blasphemers. There's only one sin that will not be forgiven. That's against the Holy Spirit. Even we, the Christians, we are the ones who go out there and we talk about everything negative about the church. We are the ones who will go out there and say everything negative about the word of God. But Paul knew long before, and he was talking to us as believers, that we need to stop things like that. Luke 12 verse 10 says, And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. I pray that none of us will blaspheme against the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. He also spoke years ago about children being disobedient to their parents. And I'm sure if it's not your own children, your neighbor's children, your brother's children, your sister's children, we know that they're disobedient to their parents. It happens at SCC. Remember, we are asking ourselves, SCC, arise. Then why would you not complain that the schools are messed up? Why are we not blaming the teachers when we have not put our houses in order? When if they won't even listen to their parents, how much more the teachers? Why would they talk to the, listen to their teachers when even you as a parent, you can't talk to them? But that Paul knew that all these things were going to happen. And I'm sure you and I can relate to all these things. You also spoke about respect for authority. That one has been thrown out a long time ago. Respect to authority, not only in the house of God, but just generally. Authority. Those who are older than us, what happens? We've allowed the society to take away all the good manners that the word of God says we should do. We have lost that. But let's even regard authority again. However, we forget Romans 13 verse 1. Let's turn our Bibles there, please. Romans 13 verse 1. And I know when I read that, I was a bit guilty, and I'll tell you why. A current president, I don't even watch him on TV. I couldn't really be bothered about the things I, I do. But now, 
I'm going to have a different attitude to that. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. No matter how stupid, no matter how silly they are, even if you think you know more than them, but because the word of God says, where do we stand as Christians? Apostle Paul said, in this dangerous time, we'll be unthankful, ungrateful, no matter what to do. You can't please them. They assume it's their rights. They assume that well, after all, it's your own duty you're doing. They're just ungrateful people. They're unthankful and they're everywhere. It doesn't really matter. And we can share stories of people like that who are around us. How about Apostle Paul? He spoke about those of us who are unholy. And nowadays we say it's old school to be holy. It's old school to live a righteous life. We assume that it's okay to play husband and wife. We assume many things and it's happening in the house of God. And that is what perilous times. Dangerous times. Things that we're taking for granted. Many of us are guilty of that. There's no reverence for God again. Nothing is sacred before us. That is why during worship, we can sit down and we're texting our friends. If we, if we have already reverence for God, some things will not be done. Apostle Paul also spoke. In that scripture we read that we are unloving. Even though we say, this is where the God of love, the Lord of love of God reigns. But do you just say it because we want to say it? But are you really loving? Are we unloving as a group? Since we are unforgiving and we go on our knees to pray, when the word of God says, when we say we should forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. We are very unforgiving. All we are thinking about is what Moya did to me two weeks ago. And now today again, he has done this and we try to avoid him in the house of God. That's, that's the things that we do. How about the slander? The false stories that were spread around. Yes, somebody messed up. Must I be the one that will go around sharing the stories? Again, I didn't say all these things. Apostle Paul is the one talking about it. We have unforgiveness. It's one thing for us to even say, it's the word of God. Science has even proved it now that unforgiveness can cause a lot of health issues for us. But even we as Christians, we are doing that. Ah, that perilous times, self-control doesn't exist again. We forget it's the fruit of the spirit. These are all the things. I didn't say that. He said it. We don't care about our actions, how it will impact others. Again, the word of God says, we are haughty, we are puffed up. We are lovers of pleasures, not lovers of, lovers of God. Verse 15 says, verse 5 of that scripture says, they will go on pretending to be devoted to God. They come to church on Sunday. They stand up, they do everything. But when they go out there, it all disappears because their ways have not changed. Word of God says, stay away. From these people. But he was talking to the church. He was talking to you and I. Are you saying that I should stay away from my brethren? And why do I say he was talking to the church? Romans 6 verse 20. Romans 6 verse 20 says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Which means that it doesn't really care what's happening out there, but what is happening 
in the house. So unbelievers are excused from this. So which means that every kind of evil that is out there has found its way into the church. How did we miss it? Why did we allow this to happen to us? All of us. That is why he said, SEC, arise. SEC, arise. That we as Christians, or better still, we who are in this house, we have stopped being the change agents that we are called to be. So it's time for us to arise and go back to being the change agents. We got comfortable. And I say, we stopped making impact. Even though we say we are building ourselves up to impact our community when we are not even impacting ourselves in-house. And Jesus called us the salt of the earth. We have lost our saltiness. He says we are the light of the world that we're a city set to be the standard. But ask yourself, am I really the salt? Am I allowing my light to shine? How much more being the standard? For the salt to work, it has to penetrate the food. Otherwise, it will get contaminated. It will be useless. You agree with me? I can have salt in my kitchen. If I don't put it in the food, it doesn't do anything. It becomes useless. So how can we penetrate the society without allowing the, influence, the sin to influence us? Or we ourselves now become comfortable and we start living that same life. Light is supposed to penetrate darkness. It means that when you know the truth, you stand for it. It doesn't matter what they are saying around you. But rather, we are so scared. We're timid. We can't even speak up. We've lost the boldness. And we're busy going out there. Either we join them or we just keep quiet. No. How can we, the lighted lamp be under the basket is not possible. Which means that the light is not there any longer. And why is this happening to us as a church? I said to myself that because we stopped raising disciples in the church. We are now focusing on converts. And we all choose to remain at the convert level. And somebody will ask me, what do I mean by it? We're just, we have converts. We stop being disciples. What do I mean by that? That is why I'm saying that it is time for us as SCC to arise. It's a call to move from being converts to disciples. So one of the things we should talk about as we talk about this next level is the next level to move from being a convert to being a disciple. It's a level of maturity. A level that will go to to start being the, making the impact, the salt, the light that you and I are called to be. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So enough of being converts. Enough of what I call mere believers. Term to become more like disciples. And I ask myself, who is a disciple? And very quickly, I will talk about three or four characteristics of a disciple. Number one, if you say you are a disciple, you have to be dedicated in following the Christ that you serve. Converts don't follow Jesus. They believe. They believe. While disciples are dedicated and committed to the, to, to the Lord. Disciples are eager to follow his word and act 
in ways that are pleasing to him. Not in ways that will please Pastor Wally because he says he should come to church. They're two different things. So as a disciple, your goal, your focus is to please your maker. Combats are not bothered about working on the steps of Jesus. That is why they can go out there and do anything just to get what they want. They don't care how they get in there. But as a disciple, the fear of God is in you, is in me. And some things are no go areas for you. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Many of us start our journey in this Christian world as being converts. That's the first step. But unfortunately, we choose to stay at that level. When the next level is to be transformed to being a disciple. Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. You have to even be a disciple yourself before you can go forward. So you ask yourself this morning, are you still a convert? Or can you boldly say, I'm a disciple? Or perhaps you're not sure. It's also a valid answer. So you ask yourself, am I still a convert? Am I a disciple? Or I'm not even sure of where I belong to. So again, as a disciple, you must be dedicated to following Christ. Are you following Christ? Or you are following man? Who are you following? Number two, True disciples, they are selfless and they love God. They are selfless and they love God. They put others first in many ways. The need of others, the need of the things of God, the need of things that will bring glory to God is always very important to them. Their good works, their act of kindness, not because of what I expect anyone to tell me, but it's a priority to them. It's a priority to them. There was a woman in the Bible, Dorcas. She just went about doing her thing based on what she knew. How about you? Are you selfless? Do you really love God? Or you just mouth it when we sing? Where do, where do, we, where do you stand with that? Number three, when I talk about what it means to be a disciple, and you ask yourself, am I a disciple or am I a convert? Converts are surface Christians. They are governed by their souls, while disciples should be deep and governed by the Spirit of God. Christians who remain converts, they are not only a problem to themselves, but even to the church of God. That is why when something goes wrong, instead of addressing it, we sit out there, we hear it out there, that is not a disciple. Converts are unreliable, they are undependable. They change their minds about following Jesus at any time. But if you're a disciple, you know you're a worshiper. And all that keeps coming to your mind is, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Your mind is made up that this Jesus, that is the person I want to follow. I want to just be a true worshiper if I say that I'm a disciple. And just ask yourself, am I a disciple? If you, a convert, doesn't know about to seek the face of God, all they are after is the hand of God. A disciple will still seek the face of God no matter what is in front of them. No matter what it is, 
they, a disciple knows that that is the way to go. It doesn't matter what the situation is, what the difficulty they are going through is, they will ask. So again, I will say, ask yourself, are you a believer or a disciple of God? Which one are you or what do you desire to be? Again, to know the difference between a disciple and a believer or a convert. Disciples live in the word. The word of God. That's what they stand by. But converts, they are situation controlled. Disciples, they are word controlled. So it's a situation that will determine what I will do. But when you know that you are a disciple, you know that the word of God will not fail you. So your faith will be reflected in, in, in the word of God. Even the things you do is the word of God that keeps coming to your mind. Ask yourself, what controls you? The word of God or the situation around you? What exactly controls you? Are you a convert or are you a disciple? And I say that a disciple knows a lifeline. A disciple knows a lifeline. In healthcare, when we are discharging patients home and we feel that they're not, I mean, they, there's a safety issue, we issue them what we call a lifeline. And what happens is if they ever fall down and they can't call for help, that lifeline is a button on their wrist or around their neck that they press. That's what they depend on when they get stuck. But if you're a disciple, your lifeline, they know that is Jesus Christ. They know that is Jesus Christ. But a convert, oh, ha, ha, there's plan A, B, C, D. That, that I'm checking out. Hebrews 6, verse 19. Hebrews 6, verse 19. And actually, I was surprised when I found this particular um, translation. It says, we who have run for our very lives to God, that as a disciple, that we have run to God, our lives are now in his hand, have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. I like this part in the message translation. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. So a disciple knows that the lifeline they have is Jesus and no other person. That is what a Christian, a, somebody who is disciple, should do up to know. So that is your lifeline as a disciple. You know you have no other plan except to hold on to the one who has called you. Ask yourself again this morning, who is your lifeline? Tell me, who is your life? Or tell yourself, who is your lifeline? As I close this morning, the fifth one, a disciple has only one master. And that master is our Lord Jesus Christ. And because I know that I'm a disciple, or you know that you are a disciple, your goal is how do I please him? How do I make him happy with me? Your next level is about making Jesus the master over all for you. The master over, over your life. And this morning, as we look at the things that we are called not to do, ask yourself, what is the next level that you want to move to in your work with Christ? Do you want to remain a convert? You want to remain a mere believer? Or you want to be a disciple? That's my question for you this morning. Are you ready for the next level of your work with Christ? And say, yes, I'm a, dis I'm a disciple. I want to even go beyond that 
and make disciples of other people? Praise the Lord. That's the question I have for you. And before I take my seat, not even everyone is qualified to be called a convert or a disciple if you don't even know who this Lord is. The first step is to join the army of the Lord. If you are here this morning, I am not part of that army. You will be an outcast. But if you can join the army of God and start the very first level, you'll be amazed at what the Almighty God will do for you. So if you're in the house this morning and you are yet to join that army, or you were, well, you were once a part of that army, but things happened, but because you were a mere believer, you walked away, it's a good time to join us again. Anybody in the house like that? Praise the Lord. Now to all of us in the house. I read this scripture before. It says, go therefore and make disciples of the nation. Where do you stand in your work with God? That's my question. And if you are a convert this morning, why not ask God, the Father, I want to move from where I am today to the next level and become a disciple for you. And if you are a disciple already, how many souls have you won this year? Not this month. How many souls have you won for Christ? If you are a disciple, how many lives have you impacted? If you are a disciple, how many will say, because of you, they want to know God more? So as I challenge us this morning, why not ask God to help you? That in this walk with God, as you continue, that you will not be part of those that Apostle Paul says we should stay away from. Shall we rise to our faith, please? And pray that I, will, I don't want to be one of those that Apostle Paul says as people should stay away from. But rather, I want to be a disciple. I want people to come to Christ because of my actions. People to come to Christ because of the words of my mouth. But right now, where do you stand? Are you winning souls by your actions? Or are people living because of your actions? So this morning, ask God that the next level you desire to go to, to be a disciple. The next level you desire to be is to win souls for the almighty God. Where do you stand? And where is that next level that you want to climb to this morning? That's where we ask God to help us with. Like that songwriter that decided to follow Jesus, there's no turning back. No turning back. I've got my mind made up. I'm not going back. Is your mind made up? Or you are lying the things that happened to you. Some will say, I don't want to go to church again because of what is happening to church. Why are you stepping away when you are called to be the salt to make the difference? Why are you stepping away when you be the light and the city that has been set up there? What role are you playing in this journey that we are together? Heavenly Father, we ask that indeed our lives will reflect who you are. And if we have missed it in any way, Father, we ask for your mercy. That even as a church, want to go out there and make an impact and win more for you. So many things are going wrong because you and I are not playing our roles. But this morning we ask God to help us. That indeed our lives will reflect Christ in all that we do. Father, we bless you. We give you praise. For we have prayed in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah.